What's up, good people? Welcome to the Poor Vera Podcast. Today's show is special, and they're all special, but this one's special, special. Why is it special, special? I'll tell you. Because the prodigal son has returned. <laughs> Victor Cruz has returned to the podcast world. Vic, what's up, brother? Welcome. Great. That's not, that felt like a WWE entrance. <laughs> like, I need to just, you know, when Stone Cold, the, the beer bottle breaks, yes, and you just yes, walk in. Yes, yes, yes. That's what that felt yes. like. Appreciate you, my brother. Good to be here. Welcome home. You already know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome one, welcome all to the Poor Vera podcast. I have maybe my most special guest in the history of this show, baby, for so many reasons. So, hey, look at this. No, we're not doing this. I told them what time, too. We're not doing this. I'm not going to answer it. Hey, all I want people to know is, can you zoom in on this? Sean Brown is calling. (laughs) <laughs> to try to get live on the show to ask Vic some questions. Vic, what are we doing? We, we are this? unavailable at the moment. <laughs> We're unavailable. We're snubbing Sean Brown. We're snubbing Sean Brown. <laughs> um, before we get started, I introduce my guest. Okay. Um, I actually got to say one thing that's actually very important. My high school, so a couple things. I've been surprised by walking down the street and people saying they, you know, they love the podcast, they listen to the podcast, because... And I guess that's what makes this show organic, that I think it's just me and my friends talking. I'm not thinking about other people listening or watching or whatever, right? But I got a very interesting text last week, and it was from my high school guidance counselor, okay, Miss Jackie Sutton. And she said, love what you're doing, but you curse too much and you need to cut it out. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> so there will be no cursing on this show. Oh, hopefully. no cursing. Uh, shout we're, out, we're, we're drink, well, I'm drinking I'm apple try, juice. I'm trying. I'm trying we're not to curse. But, so that's for uh, Miss Jackie Sutton. Um, my guest. My guest. Long time overdue, man. But I made it. I'm not going to introduce you. Victor Cruz, what's good, brother? What's going on, baby? Happy to be on here. On the show, I'm man. Let me explain to y'all what happened. For, you, for those of y'all that have been on The Rock... Vic and I had a podcast show together. Mm-hmm. It's actually mm-hmm. called the Victor Cruz Show, right? Correct. Victor Cruz Show. I was his co-host. Vic got really, really good at it. <laughs> People started calling. Opportunities started coming around. I just assumed we were a package deal. That's just how I always, you know, and they say, you know, you assume, you know, what happens. I think the way Disney is set up <laughs> at ESPN is just a, it was an, a, a singular deal. It was a talent thing. Is yeah, what you're telling me? it was something it's that kind of just, a talent uh, thing. I tried to bring. Did you, you at least? Br- did you at I least tried. try to plug said, it? Look, we said we're like a package. ESPN Plus. Yes, maybe we yes. Can get a podcast. The Ocho. Es- we- ESPN. The Ocho. Oh, you know Espanol. That would have been perfect. We would have crushed that market. But who would have spoke Spanish? My Spanish is definitely better than yours, and we mine isn't good. I think if you put mine with yours together, <laughs> we'd have been good. We'd have been all right. <laughs> My Spanish was just Spanish. We would have figured it out. We wouldn't have made it through one episode. By the way, ESPN. I don't know if I'm gonna like talk this up now, but talk there isn't a day that goes by that ESPN Deportes is not like, hey, can we? Get oh, they want you so can bad. We get Victor, please do the salsa for anything. Can you do the salsa? I'm like, I gotta go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as NFL Live is over, I'm like, hey, you up there, like Mav would say, you up there speaking Fat Joe Spanish. <laughs> <You're up there. laughs> Yo, I never get Mav was like, Yo, do you really speak Spanish or you speak Fat Joe, fat Spanish? Joe Spanish? He said, I speak a mixture of Fat Joe and J Lo Spanish. I'd be laughing, but I'd be tight. I'd be tight when he says that shit. Yo, so how's uh, how's post NFL? I won't say post football because you're still in the football world and business, but how's post playing like? life treating you it's good man so far so good I, I, i'm kind of taking it one day at a time this is my second year at espn which is crazy wow. how fast that's like yeah. happened right so it's my second year at espn um i think i'm finally getting in my groove now i think i'm finally understanding like kind of the lay of the land there how things go and kind of mm-hmm. other people and how to like kind of maneuver through espn and the channels there mm-hmm. right i'm starting to learn different people and starting to understand kind of the the do's and don'ts if you will and um and it's cool man i think i've grown to understand how to speak more freely about certain topics that may have been cringeworthy before okay. like talking about different teammates or talking about guys that i'm friendly yeah well with. i was just gonna say what's that process right because and then you anyone that knows you you're what they call like a player's player right mm-hmm. it's like you know everybody in your locker room other locker rooms to this day, when I you know come across players like, yo, your guy's a real guy. I got love for him. He's an inspiration. The things he's done off the field and on the field, like, so when the time calls for it, mm-hmm. 
for you to be I mean, critical may be the wrong word, but honest mm-hmm. about a player. Like, what's that process and I like think for you? That, I think what I always want to get across is I want to be, I want to be somewhat empathetic to what they're going through. Okay, no matter what it is, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. <coughs> but I also want to state what side of the fence I'm on. I okay. think that's the biggest thing is being honest and being true to being like, okay, I stay, I either stand with this or I don't stand with this, and here's why. Okay, it's always like, let me give, let me first off, let me tell what side of the fence I'm on and then kind of elaborate from there. And then I'm I'm such a wordsmith, P. I don't know if you watch the show. It's 1.30 every Thursday on NFL Live on ESPN. Um, I'm a bit of a wordsmith, so I'm able to kind of put these words together to where it sounds like good enough. <laughs> well, I'm not like sure I'm if he was bigging me up or if he was coming at done, me. You're like, I don't know. I don't if he just dissed him <laughs> or said nothing or said at all. Nothing at all. Yes, yes. But I liked it. Yeah. But it sounded great. Hey, you know I will mean? say this. You've definitely made every other is it anchorman analyst? Analyst. Analyst. analyst? Yep, yep. Step that suit game up. Yo, There's been a thing? noticeable step really? up. Yeah, noticeable step up <laughs> from when Victor Cruz stepped on set to Amazing. today. That's Everyone right. stepped that suit. The budgets went I, up on the suit. Every time I come in that set, I want it to be like, oh. Like I want people to like, oh. So okay. when you're in your dressing room, you're like Oh, I'm fucking them oh, up with this I, one. It's before. Yeah. It's when I'm at the house, and I got the music playing, and I usually go for a little Anita Baker. Oh, okay, okay. It's been evident on my yeah, IG story. Yeah, I like it. If you're okay, paying attention. Okay, or maybe a little Donnell Jones in the morning because it's early. I'm typically leaving creating head a vibe. to Bristol at like six a.m. five a.m. So I want to create a little just chill vibe when I'm picking my suit out. Then when I pick the one, and I don't pick it, it chooses me. P. I don't Talk know if your you know. shit. So dick. I choose the suit, and I'm like. Oh yeah, this is this is gonna turn some heads on the internet. And I know it's good. My mother texts me halfway through the show, and she's like, "That's a nice suit." Like, oh, your mom be texting you? Mom all the time. That's a nice suit, but it's un, un tuxedo nuevo. <laughs> uh, nuevo. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of new. Hey, I wore it a couple of times. Hey, I know when like, and I don't know how it works. We'll get into that in a second. But I know like, I'm assuming. On the other analysts, because like it's it, you know it, it rotates. It's like different analysts and stuff, right? Yeah. So it's basically every day there's a different group of analysts okay. that are on NFL Live. So I assume when other analysts see they're on with you, they're like, ah oh, shit, I gotta go to the back <laughs> of the closet. I gotta get the good, the good fucking suit. This is true, and I, and I know because every time, so more so when I do, so when I go on NFL Live, I'm there. My show starts at one thirty, but I'm there well before that because I have a nine a.m. with Golik and Wingo in the morning. <clears throat> okay. And. Typically, I'll have like a sports center hit at 12, just a little something to talk about one specific topic. Okay. And I'll come and they'll bring me in and like sit me in the chair with everybody. And I kind of sit there and it's usually a commercial break before we come back. And usually. That's when the lady comes up the lint brush. And that, she yeah, be doing exactly. That. Getting yep. the shoulders. Yes. Yeah, get you and right. And then one of the anchors that are on there is like, yo, where's that, you know, where's that suit from? They, they hit me with the, where's that suit from? Oh, that's dope. Or I have a little lapel pin. They'll ask me about like, oh, what's that about? Like, oh, I should probably incorporate that. Then I see him the next week with like a little flower or like a little, you Telling know. you. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm rubbing off I'm the people in you, here. I like I'm it. You. you gotta do them like, you know, Brennan, LeBron style. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You gotta do them like B. Shout out to Brennan if he's listening and watching the show. You know, he's a stylist, so he's always on like the next shit, right? Always got mm-hmm. some fly shit on. And you ask him, like, damn, B, that hoodie's fire. Where you got that from? <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, it's um, you know, um, he never finishes the sentence. He never tells you where he, he got it from. Just hopes you just like yeah. segue to And if you that. double down on it, you're like, nah, nah, that's fire. Like I want to get. He'd be like, nah, I'll get it. I'll get it for you. What's your size? Like just. <laughs> and he tails off. He never finishes the sentence. You walk away, like you said earlier, kind of feeling good about it, yeah. and then it hits you like he never told you anything. Like, maybe he'll get it. For that's me. how they feel like, about your suit game. I'll take it. That's so, a good feeling. So, so let me ask you this: as fans, as fans of football and sport. Mm-hmm. We watch our favorite football players play and have amazing careers, and then we hear the news if they're lucky enough, and like in your situation, like, hey, they signed with ESPN or NFL or whatever, and then we see them on TV, right? It's not that – what's the process like, right? For, forget the, the negotiation, like you get a deal done. Is there training? Is there classes? Is there tests? Like, what's that, what's that process? Like, we never get to see. Well, there's uh, – unless you want to individually do the training, there's training. Like, there's okay. a broadcast school, and I know um, I know the NFL has, like, a broadcast camp that they put oh, guys okay. through if you want to. Guys sign up for that all the time. But other than that, once, you're in, once you inquire about being on ESPN or, you you know, they put you through, like, a trial basis. You come in, like, two or three times. They put you through, like, the car wash. You do NFL Live. You do a sports center hit. You do, like, the full gamut, right? And then you decide – and then they decide, like, hey, either you're pretty good or you – This probably isn't for you. Yeah, crickets. And, um, and then they make a decision whether they ask you, like, hey, you were pretty good. Do you really want to do this? And you're like, yeah, I want to do this. I'm – 
I went up there three times. I'm ready. Like I'm already groomed. Blah blah blah. And then they sign you. And there is no there is no like intermediate like training period. What they do is they pair you. Like I was lucky enough to be paired with Teddy Bruschi like a couple times. Well, everybody and, like, speaks super highly of. Like, super he's highly a pro, of. Like, he's like he gets it. I was uh, fortunate to be paired with um, just a couple other guys that were just tenured and that understand that's been there a while and understand the, the, the lay of the land and understand how the shows go and the timing of everything so that I learned off of that. Like, I learned from those guys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I learned from Teddy. I learned from different <coughs> cats that are on the show, even the insiders, right? Because there's analysts, guys that have played the <coughs> game that come back and talk about the game. And then there's analysts like Field Yates and Josina Anderson and um, Adam Schefter that get, like, insider news, right? Got you. Things that are happening, breaking news, things like that. Sources say. Sources yeah, say. Sources exactly. say. Those Air people. Quotes. So I just did a good job of, like, learning from the people that were – around me early on and picking up little things like, oh, I know I could do that. Oh, let me pick that up. Okay, let me take that little tidbit. And then it's on me to do my research too before the show. I know all the topics that are coming. It's up to me to do the research. Like, okay, I'm going to hit on that. Let me write a couple stats down about this guy that I can bring up in my conversation, in my argument. And that works well on NFL Live, but on Get Up and First Take, it's a little different because on First Take specifically, because it's a debate show. Mm -hmm. So my topic could be, you know, are the Giants for real with Daniel Jones? And, I, and we're going to get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. But I also always feel like because you're one of the most famous and successful Giants with your illustrious career. Why, thank you, Paul. Yeah, it's, I didn't want to <laughs> say it. My, my producer said I had to say it. Um, I feel like everyone's always coming to you like, are the Giants any good? Yeah, hey, I'm the you know Giants what I'm Like they're I'm waiting the for guy. you to like shit on the Giants. All and day. it's like, you know, I think you do a great job of like keeping it all the way a buck and being fair and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Which is not easy. I'm sure. Especially I'm sure. early on. Because people season. also call bullshit, right? There's knowledgeable fans that are like, yo, you just, you know, that's not. And in, and in your field, like, credibility is everything. Huge. You know what Huge. I'm saying? Like, what you say. <clears throat> and because now it can be fact checked, right? They can mm-hmm. go back to September 23rd mm-hmm. and say, you said this, and now it's November 1st, and you're saying this. Mm-hmm. Tell us why. You're mm-hmm. changing your mind. Mm-hmm. They just did it to Mike Francesa the other day. I just saw that. They said he was on, um, this is when they initially drafted Daniel Jones. He went on the radio and said, Daniel Jones doesn't have a big arm. He can't <coughs> throw it. He's Francesca athletic. Said that. Francesca said that. Then they chopped it with the right at, the Monday after this Sunday's game. And he's, he's like, look, we all knew the kid had a big aye, arm. Aye, <laughs> aye, 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 aye. No, you take can't do shit this day and age. He said, we all knew the kid had a big arm. After just saying after they drafted him, he's like, look, the guy doesn't have a big arm. We understand that. We know that. I'm, he goes, I didn't watch that many Duke games, blah, blah, blah. I was like, wow. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing you could do this day and age from that big to small that no isn't going to be Not with the technology. Up, not with know? the way we got things going nowadays. So I do think, <clears throat> excuse me, as a lot has changed in your life, right, your career and, and what your nine to five is now or whatnot, some things have stayed uh, consistent. Um, you're still working out, I see, from following you on the gram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I think you were just in Men's Health, too? I was, yeah. Cook-a-fun. I just got uh, posted in Men's Health magazine in the in the mag and then in print as well, or digital, rather. Um, yeah, man. Basically, I still, like my trainer, and even me, I, I always try to blame it on him, but even me, I love just working out. That's my edge now. That's like my... That's the only way I sweat. I mean, I do a little yoga too, but that's the way that I get my. I like when you. I like when you talk that rich shit, nah, yo. Nah, you talk just, that rich shit. You know, I be like yoga, so whatever. Yeah, <laughs> 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 when a Patterson cat's like, you know, I get my yoga. Man, man. I blame my girl for that one, to be honest, because I don't. Man, I, I I never did this much <laughs> yoga after meeting a woman in my life. <laughs> do you hear me? But now I found the joy. Like, I love it you now. You love it. I love it now, so it's dope. But, but you work out, like, st- obviously you're not working out like when you were playing, but you work out consistently, and there's a difference. There's, like, I work out, and I may go to the gym, and, like, you know, 20 minutes on the treadmill, maybe do a couple of curls. Just Like, you're getting after it. Yeah, like, you're no, still I'm, doing I'm, shit, I'm like. I'm still, like, two hours in. I'm still doing cardio. I'm still doing, like, a full 30-minute warm-up. My trainer doesn't understand. The like, only <laughs> thing that's different now, the only thing that's different now with my trainer is I can say no. <laughs> and he's like, yo, we got, like, 30 dips, and then we got some pull-ups. I'm like, I'm not doing dips today. Like, and he can't say like, dude, I'm, I'm not playing I mean, Sunday, granted, man. That's rare. <laughs> like, granted, that's, like. I don't got a game Sunday, like, man. Yo, I don't play the rest of this week. <laughs> Okay, like I'm 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 playing uh, I'm playing the new Antonio Brown news this yeah, week. What are we that's what, that's about, what I'm yeah. doing. What are we talking about? Um, but I love that. I love still having that edge and still being fit and still just 
just you know, I do it just to look good and to be healthy. And, and for you, it's always been a lifestyle. Like even even when you were playing in the off season, you never really got out of shape mm-hmm. or whatnot. You've always worked. So exactly. to see that's been dope. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that hasn't changed is you know your love and involvement in uh, the fashion world. Yep. You, I guess, still recently designed a shoe. Yep, exactly. Uh, Pierre Hardy. May 1st of this past year. That was fairly recent, too. Right? Like, how'd that come about? Like, what was that process like? Talk so, about that a little bit. I, I, I remember <clears throat> throughout my travels and going to Paris Fashion Week um, a couple times in a row, I made a relationship with Pierre Hardy. <clears throat> I would always go co- to... Is he a cool dude? The is he? coolest French dude you will ever meet. Super chill and just like... If he feels the energy from you and it's positive, like he'll he he'll reciprocate that. You know what I'm saying? And I go to Paris on three separate occasions. I visited his showroom, and when I would go visit his showroom, I'd ask him questions: Why do you do this? Why this silhouette? Oh my God, this material! Where'd you get this? How'd you source this? I'm just asking questions. By the third time, I'm not even I'm not even caring about the thing the the shoes. And the things that are on the shelf, I'm just having a conversation with him. He's become my friend. You're super curious about the process. Curious about the process. And then after the third time, and I left that room, that showroom, I hit Rachel, who's my stylist. Shout out to Rachel Johnson. Shout out to Rachel. She, I I hit her up like, "Yo, Rach, let's reach out to Pierre Hardy and see if they want to do something." Like, I just think there's too much synergy here. I think their shoes are too dope for not to be recognized in the U.S. on on a major platform. And I want to just make some dope shit with them. And she reached out to them, and before she could even finish the sentence, she told me they were de- they were down. Wow. They were in. And then <clears throat> began the process of sitting down, giving them my ideas, them sharing with me their ideas, and us bridging the gap on those things. And it was super elaborate. Like, every shoe, like, before we even got to the shoes, I brought in a full, war- like, damn near full wardrobe of different phases and colors of my life. Like, I gave them jerseys and kind of oversized stuff for like my youth to describe my youth and then my college years were kind of more, a little bit more sartorial but still very colorful and loud and that described like my college years and then I got to the league and that kind of refined my style and started to be a little bit more streamlined and kind of suiting and so that's where the three and then the colors that I pulled from those different areas of my life those are the colorways we use for the shoe mm. so it was like very much digging deep into my life and different stages and putting that into the shoe. That's why I loved the release of that shoe because it told a story about, you know, my life essentially in through shoes and in colorways. And on top of that, we got to make a dope product. I designed, you know, I asked him if he could design the low top that I loved into a mid and add some lace locks and add different things, people that, uh, different accessories that people can take off and put mm-hmm. different places. So it actually came out, Really, really dope and really above and beyond. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I guess I can say this now. We got we got more on the way. More, There's more on the more way. Things are happening. I like it. I'm I remember. You know what? I, I remember when you first told me about it that you were working on it. And even when the project was finished, or like when the shoe was completed, you were just waiting to launch it or whatnot. Um, that you were most excited that they let you like express yourself, and you felt like this was a real expression of like who you are and who you were in your path. Like, how dope was it? Like when you saw like the final actual like shoe, like in your hand, because it I wasn't your first shoe, but you were very very excited. No, like I was, it was very excited because this was the first. First of all, it was my first luxury shoe collaboration. I mean, this shoe retailed at a cringeworthy eight hundred and ninety-five dollars. Why I don't have it? I can't, <laughs> I can't afford it. Still on layaway. Still um, There's still pairs at Bergdorf <laughs> if you want to just pull up. Um, but I was I was cringing on that because my my consumer, at least up until that point, was my Nike consumer, right? Yeah. One hundred and fifty bucks max. One seventy-five was pushing it. But I knew that like this is a different lane for me, and, and a lane that I live in, but still a different lane. Mm-hmm. And I was prepared to go the distance with that shoe because I believed in it, and it did great. Sold out in numerous venues. Like we did really, really good on that shoe, and it just felt good to get that first sample and look at it and be like, "Wow, like this is different than any Nike thing or any other shoe mm-hmm. that I've done." <clears throat> a, are people going to respond to this because I love it, and I think the first thing when you're designing product is you have to love it, right? Yeah. Because if you don't love it, nobody else will. Yeah. You're gonna talk about it, you have to wear it. It's be gotta seen. be a part it's of you, yeah. It's gotta be a part of, of course. you. So if you don't like it, nobody else will. Cause I loved it, and then it's like, well, is this gonna set? You know, you just have all these questions mm-hmm. in your brain. But even still, after all the success you've had, off the field, I mean, on the field, we don't even gotta talk about, but off the field, like success, you've launched shoes, and you've been the face of, you know, fashion houses and campaigns and all that. You still were like, 
I'm not po- I think it's gonna work, but you, you still always, weren't positive. You always get nervous. I mean, I don't think I mean I'm sure if you ask Ye, like even Kanye or even other designers, like you're only as good as your last product. Mm-hmm. And sure. you know, pe- especially nowadays, people are fickle. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, some wrong thing goes on with you individually, or you know, the the brand. Because right now, the brand is me. Mm-hmm. So let's say I get into some trouble, God forbid, or like anything like that. Like people will turn on you quick. So you just have to be careful and understand that your brand is predicated on people buying into your brand. Like people are buying into Victor Cruz the brand, and whatever comes out of that brand, they're like, oh, he's doing that. Let's check it out. And then people fall out of love with you, they're going to fall out of love with everything that you do. So I just, you know, I'm still human. I'm just like, are people going to like this? Are they going to buy it? Do they mm. still do they still fuck with me? You know what right, I'm saying? Right, like, right. are they still on my side? Do they still view me as this fashion guy? And then um, and then slowly all those all those questions got answered. So there's more product coming. That's what you can't tell us. There's, yeah, there's more product coming. I can say that. Any chance, I know you've had, if I'm not mistaken, I think you did a denim collaboration yes, a few right? years back i did a denim collaboration with three by one three by one right who's a bespoke denim company um in soho anything whether in the works or just that you'd like to do in the fashion space that you haven't done i mean you've done oh, a lot in your young yeah age, i want to do more apparel i haven't okay. done i've done obviously some footwear mm-hmm. but i want to branch open and, and do you some did a apparel. jacket as well i did a jacket with ovadi and sons, sons yep, which is dope, yep. um that we we collaborated on and did yep. together but even that was more so like, you know, them showing me specs and me agreeing and things like that. It's very much, you know, both of us doing it together, but more of them like honing in on the product and the materials, which is amazing because Ovadia, the Avadia brothers, you know, the Avadia and Sons team is insane. So um, that was amazing. And um, but I do want to do more more apparel. I want to get into more, you know, do more apparel, clothing. I want to be able to express myself more in the apparel space. Um, and as well as footwear, continue to do footwear, but more clothing. I want to start dressing, dressing people out here. Dressing as in like creating clothing or like actual like. Well, creating clothing that people can uh, wear. But you're gonna like style. I mean, I can do that well. too. That's easy. Okay, talk your shit then. That's easy. Hey, who's the? Give me the top two best dressed football players. Oh man, right now. Yep. Top two best dressed football players. Yeah. One is Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. What about his style? Do you like? I think it's just unique. I think it's just him. And, and, and everything, the biggest thing for me is how does everything fit you? Uh, okay. You know, it's one thing to wear designer and wear all the cool, hottest new clothes. Right. But it's a matter of how are you putting that together? How does it fit you? Do you look like in, like you're wearing a sleeping bag when you're walking <laughs> into the stadium? It's like, that's not cool. Like, and, everything and you, has to fit you. And you've always right said, way. like, it's not about, like, all labels or anything. You could like you could wear a H and M T with the right denim, and you know how how it falls on your kicks, and you know. There's a always... certain. I'm not gonna say his name, but there's a certain. <laughs> there's a certain. You know, I'm gonna ask you when we stop recording. I don't even say. No, it's not even a bad thing. So it, it's a, there's a certain guy out there in Hollywood, okay, right, that uh, hosts a lot of events, um, and and I remember asking him because he had a dope like double breasted fitted, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, where you? Where you get that? Like that's like I want to go get that right now and wear it when you're not around. It's mm-hmm. like, and he's like, Nah, this is H and M. I oh, just wow. tailored it up and like you know whatever. And I'm like, Stop. And he sent me a link later, like, No, bruh, this is H and M. And I was like, Wow. Or like I remember another time it was like Top Shop, and I was like, This is Top Shop. And he's like, Yep, I just tailored it up, got it looking a certain way. And I was put like, it, Put it together. But he put it together. Mm. So I say that to 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 what you just said is not always about. The Saint Laurent suit that looks so great you and spent three k on this. You spent yeah, yeah. five bands right. on your right. suit. Like it's not about that. It's about finding your fit within it all. So um, you got Odell. Give me another one. So Odell, and the next one is, uh, I mean, he's kind of self-proclaimed. This is DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Uh, um, I, I think he does a good job of, again the fit, and then just understanding his style. I think. I think both of those guys, obviously I picked two receivers. I didn't even realize that. But both of those guys really understand their style. And they understand what they want to wear, how they want to wear it, and they're unapologetic about it. And I think that part of it fits their motif, like, perfectly. Give me the best two dressed basketball players. Best two dressed basketball players, not because he's my friend, but LeBron James is one. Okay. Um, And the second one, man, this is tough because there's – Basketball guys get so many photos. They got the so look, many, right? They, they got the walk-in. They just walk get in. the yeah. look, man. And then um, 
I gotta go. Okay, I gotta go. Kelly Oubre's up there. I can't just give you two, okay. but Kelly Oubre's up there. J.R. Smith is up there. Okay, give me one um, more. One more I can <clears throat> give you is. I gotta go. P.J. Tucker. Okay. I mean P.J. Tucker. I mean we've had conver- him and I have had numerous conversations about style and fashion, and he gets it. It's not just it's not just like walking in the stadiums right. for him. I know people kind of get that misconstrued or, you know, think it's like hype or he coming in with all the sneakers and things like that. But he actually understands fashion and he's like, he's creating some waves for himself in the fashion space. That's actually dope to hear because I do think, I won't say consensus, but I do think there's a large portion of people that think it's the hype. Like it's a gimmick or him just But you're saying like he's really about that life. Like he really about that life. He understands it. He actually, I mean, he's a little crazy. He spends a lot of money on sneakers (laughs) and things like that. Um, But it's real for him. It's not just you know, some fake shit. I'd ask you the best to dress baseball players, but no one cares, just to be clear. No one. I, I couldn't even answer that. Absolutely no one I, cares. I don't think I've seen – shout out to my man Luke Voigt, though, because we just texted each other on <clears> some, like, completely separate. But I don't think I've ever – not ever, but I don't think I've seen a baseball <clears> player out of uniform enough to even give you that. You know what I'm saying? I'll go a step further. I've seen hockey players – Walking into the arena more than I've seen baseball players. (laughs) So we'll leave that alone. So I know you don't like to do this, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me the worst dressed teammate you've ever had. And it can't be a lineman because I'm tired of people picking on offensive linemen. Well, it is. See, that's it. I knew it. it is. No, no, no. You got to come a break. They're like 360 pounds, Vic. I know, but Cullen can't be sexy with it. crazy. (laughs) I said his whole name, didn't I? Did I say his name? I mean, this is a few years back. But his name was Cullen Jenkins. He was my guy. So he I, and this is nothing I haven't said to him directly <laughs> to his face. But I remember he wore <laughs> he wore one of them 2003 TD Jake suits, and there was legitimately is the shoulder pad. What is like, it? Was a sh- yes, like the Steve wide Harvey shoulder pad. There was 17 <laughs> buttons on the front of this suit, dog, and it was like ba- It was baggy. On him, which he's is like, he's man. a big dude. How's that even happen? Like How's that possible? How's that possible? And it looked baggy on him. <laughs> and I was like, bro. and I remember getting dressed, and I kind of looked to the left, and he was like, doing his tie. Like, and I was like, bruh, you could fit another Cullen Jenkins in that suit comfortably. Comfortably. Oh, my God. Um, but I digress. And then uh, you're making me pick two. Yeah, a non lineman. Give me someone that was a terrible. Non- Lineman. Terrible dressing teammate you um, had. I wouldn't say terrible because uh, I, like I love the death. I like where this is going already. But it was bad, <laughs> and it was bad. But it was, but it was him, and that was Dominique Rogers Camardi. Which might be even worse. It was bad, but it was him. But it was him. But it was like, <laughs> what was it like? Too much? Oh, what was, was it like? like? It was like an argyle V-neck vest. <laughs> That was like white and red with like a red button did, up. Did he overmatch it? it? Like the sock and matched like, the belt. And then like a navy blue tuxedo stripe <laughs> pant with the red tuxedo stripe to match the red. Like it was very south, but it was like he owned it. Like you couldn't tell him. You couldn't tell him he wasn't doing you it. You couldn't tell him that he wasn't the best thing since sliced bread walking to that, air, to, walk into that airplane. But again, he owned it. Like he, mm-hmm. every time we saw it, it became a thing to wear all this. What what colors DRC bringing this week? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a thing. Um, but yeah, it was always interesting to see to see his fits. Let me ask you one thing: I've always been curious about is like rookies, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and, they get they and, have it so rough, right? Because in most cases, they're not making a ton of money. In most cases, in college, they either wore the sweatsuit. Or they wore like the tie with the fucking white shirt and the khakis tucked in and you know whatever. Suit game was minimal, right? So now they walk into a locker room. They have you, maybe the most stylish guy in the NFL. They have Odell, who's got his own style. They got people with money as well. They have all the like. How how do rookies quickly pick up on like the level of of taste, the level of fashion? And are you guys easy on them, or how's that look? It happens fast. Let's start with that. Because they start, you know, they're looking around the locker room like, oh, you got Louis Vuitton? Oh, I got to get oh, my shit got, together. Oh, this is Louis? Wait, how much? They like, how much is that? <laughs> you got to connect. That's the biggest thing. Oh, you, you got to connect plug on this. Um, but the biggest thing, they do observe, and it takes a couple weeks, right? Like, the, obviously, the, it got to take a couple of checks. And before you go, there's dress codes in most leagues, right? Uh, well, it most depends teams. on the team. Okay. So, Coughlin always was like, y'all suited and booted. Suited we, and booted. We're, we're traveling. This is a business. This is a business trip. Okay. And... And um, and I think because of how the league has changed and turned and how fashion has kind of turned, 
dudes are dressing up in suits anyway. Like exactly. you don't even have to give them a dress code. Dudes are dressing up because they want to look the best. They want to that walk to that airplane is a thing now for teams. And I think teams are putting more onus on that, taking more photos, yep. putting more things putting on it out there, socials. Yep. <clears throat> I think we've seen that growth over the past couple of years now. Which I think you played a role in as well. Like I know you're a humble guy, but you played a role in your This is my camera here. That's it. Talk to it. Thank you for acknowledging <laughs> that I began that process for people. Um But rook you're saying rookies, they realize right away, but it may take a couple of checks to it catch takes up. It takes a to couple it. checks. It takes Got a you. good month, I want to say, of them stacking and being like, okay, now Got you. I can go get the suit that I want. But in turn you can tell it's like they bringing out the old church suit that moms had in the closet for a while that they'll bring out and use for a couple of weeks, which is fine. I understand that. You got to, you know, you got to, until you get it, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, the hazing was bad. We would like cut the sleeve on their button ups. Nah, come on, man. That no, might be did. that Sunday best. No, I mean, you're wearing the jacket over, <laughs> but that right sleeve going to be a little muggy. That right arm is going to be muggy. With the scissors, y'all cutting the sleeve? Scissors. Shirt is gone. Mind, mind you, because they're rookies, that might be their only shirt. That might be their only button-down shirt that they got. Come on, man. I promise you. And I remember one year, I mean, I'm not going to get too into it, but they did it to the wrong rookie. And he decided to fight back, if you oh, will. Word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they went a little overboard. They cut his shirt. They cut his tie. Nah, and come on, like, dog. He had like a pre-done tie. Come on, that you just so put over. Just right in the middle. It was really it's funny. Up, it was really messed up, man. But it was too funny at the time. But he was irate. <laughs> he knew exactly who did it, too. Oh, my and God. And he went after them. They they tried to fight. They oh, they like, had to like really separate no, them? No, no, no. They thing. were like, yes. This was like a real... He was upset. He's like, yo, I'm about to see my family on this trip. And I'm about to walk up to my mom with a cut tie? Y'all bugging. Like, he was, I want all the fades. I want all... Who did it? He's like, who did it? I'm taking my Line life. them up. Line Where them he up. at? I don't care if he's in meetings. I don't care what's happening. I'm going to get him. Hey, let me ask you this, because you brought something up, and, and this is me as a fan just mm-hmm. geeking out and asking shit. Like, when you're a rookie, <clears throat> right, we all have, like, the dream, like, when I get paid, I make it to the league, I'm going to get a Rolly, and I'm going to get a Range Rover, I'm going to buy my mama a car, I'm going to... What's that process like? You get drafted. When do you get your first check? Or what, you get signed in your case. When do you get your first check? Well, I didn't. Yeah, well, I was an undrafted free agent, so I didn't get my first check until week one of the season. Oh, you was eating. I didn't get no guarantee. Ramen noodles. For oh, ramen me. noodles. <laughs> you didn't get mom's There was a couple of nights where I was like, Ooh, uh, <laughs> looks like I'm going to just wait for the Giants breakfast <laughs> in the morning. The yeah, I'm going to wait until I get to the facility and go eat. That's real, though. That's, wow. That's, that's facts. Wow. And... um. But I remember it took like again that good month. How much is your first check? And we can look this up, so that's why I don't have a problem asking you. Do you remember? Your first check. My first check was like a little over ten bands. Now are you thinking like we? P. I looked at that check. We did it. I was like, I don't got to do nothing else. (laughs) Mom, you can retire. We did it. I never forget opening the check and I saw it and I was like, whoa. Like, whoa, we need to ease back on this, man. Ease back. Who on my shoulder? Back up, fam. Hey, back up. up. It's yeah, enough for everybody. Hey, I know. You a free agent, too. You got the same thing I got. Back up. <laughs> back up. Hey, you ever do this? You open it up, you count the zeros, you're like, one, two. You're like, there's, oh, a, there's, there's a comma. I ain't seen a, I never saw a comma in my check. Wow. Ever. ever. Not even like Pell. I never going to. I mean, granted, in college, I was in and out. I was never eligible for Pell Grants. Yeah. None of that. So that was my first check with a comma so in you it, your, ever. You got your first check, 10K. I called my mother. First things first. And I'm like, Ma, I just made enough money in one week than like you've made. And like, wow. we just had that conversation. Wow. You know yeah, what I'm, I'm saying? Sure. And she was like, wow. And I just brought the check home to her. I was like, Ma, put this in the bank. And then like, I'm going to just keep going. We're just going to keep doing this. And then and then we went from there. And then how how'd you get paid? Bi weekly? No, it was weekly. Weekly. So you got so you every got week another, I'm you got another ten. ten you got another ten coming y'all next was week. Feeling good. You couldn't tell. I was lining up like, man, what? What y'all need me to do? You know what y'all need me to do? Just run around here for an hour and a half? And y'all gonna pay me ten bands? Oh my god. Don't mind if I do. What's your first big purchase? First big purchase was a um was a car at first, because I had never had a car until okay. I got to the league. Okay. And what I was brought, your first car? I brought a white Audi A5. Couldn't tell you nothing. Couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> Tinted it up. Coupe. First thing out the lot. Cooped up. Did you take? Did you drive it down Patterson? 100%. I picked the homies. I mean, I can't fit too many homies in the coupe, but <laughs> I, like one by one, I was like, Coon, today's your day. Gunna, I'm going to pick you up uh, today. Couldn't tell y'all couldn't nothing. Couldn't tell me nothing. We driving around, making it happen. 
And then, um, but after that was a roly. I, I, I remember. <laughs> I was. I'm from Patterson, guys. It, you gotta <laughs> forgive me. I remember being in the store. I'm. I'm in the spot, and I'm like, and I didn't know the difference between like a Prezi. No, no, no. It's just a ro- it's a roll. No, it's a roll. Yeah, and yeah, I so. go, this is the one that Drake has, right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm asking this. This is so the one that Diddy has on, and I'm showing like this is a picture yeah. of Diddy's watch. This is that one, right? This is the same one, presidential. <laughs> I think it's oyster. Presidential, presidential What's this oyster called? perpetual <laughs> stuff here? I don't know. Day day. I don't know what you're talking about. Put it to but me what I do know terms. is this is the one Drake had in it. Yes. Okay, oysters fine. <laughs> but did but did Diddy have this exact one on? <laughs> like I'm dead oh serious. Oh my god! And um, and she was like, "Yes, sir. Oh it, that's the one." And I was oh like, god. "Tag it up." So I won't ask you how much your check was when you signed your like big deal. Mm-hmm. I will ask you what that feeling was like when you opened that check. Uh, same feeling as when I opened the first check. <laughs> just, just my eyes were open a little Back bit more. Back up, fam. You Back on up. me. You on me. I don't know what you signed for last year, but I signed for <laughs> I know I'm not a free agent no more. Not a free agent. Yeah. <laughs> no more ramen noodles for oh, me, buddy. wow. But I wow. do remember looking at that check like, oh. And, and th- what you realize with that bigger check is two things. A, I always was like, well, if my check is this. What's Eli's check mm-hmm. looking? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what's that? I want to get there. Someday. That's always been great about you. You've always realized there's another level. It's always another level. Yeah. And A, and then B, it was like, with this comes a lot of responsibility. You're, you're, you are being asked now to do a lot more than when I was asked when I was getting those 10 bands. Yep. And I understood that. I felt that with that, you know, w- with large responsibility came large actions. I had to... I had to prove why I was doing this, why I was getting that check. And that was something that I knew I had to, you know, step up. And I knew I had to be a leader. I knew I had to be the person that this team could could count on to be there week in and week out. And not just on the football field, but in the locker room. Be a voice for, for the teammates and be a voice for those guys to, you know, be kind of a middleman to the guys upstairs and letting, us, letting them know, you know, how we're feeling. My last money question. My la- my last question being in your pockets. <laughs> okay. Um, since I've known you, you've always been like very. You've always loved nice things, but you've always been very aware of like the value of a dollar and being smart. You put yourself. You got a financial advisor. You put yourself on a budget, and if you spent money, you're like I got to go make money. Like with that, because as I understand it, you know your pops may rest in peace. Your mom, they didn't make a lot of money. Your dad was a fireman, correct? Mm-hmm, right. Correct. Yep. Um, so they didn't make a lot of money. So it's not like you grew up with the skills of like money management. Where did that sensibility of money come from? For well, you? moms, moms did a really good <coughs> job of budgeting with what she had the little she and had, yeah. saving. Like she did a good job. She knew, you know, God bless her soul. She knew. And mind you, she came here to this country nine years old from Puerto Rico. She didn't know, you know, her pa- her parents. Didn't know about 401ks and course, jobs right. and like how to for what for what for what like I'm trying to get four hundred dollars to pay for this Sachi yeah. Tone we got in the yeah we got like, rent to man. we got things to do yeah. so granted she learned 401k she learned a Christmas club thing that was awarded through her job that she was able to I think it was like they take twenty dollars or a hundred dollars out of every one of her checks. And then they would accrue it, and then in December for Christmas, they cut her that check. Oh, wow. So she'd have Christmas money to buy us gifts. Wow. Like, my mother was diligent with the process. Like, she knew when she got money, okay, this is for the rent, this is for the mortgage, you know, this is for our spending money. Like, the little I got, I'm going I'm I'm to make, make it, it do what it do. I'm yeah. going to make it happen. So seeing that, growing up with that, um, really just <clears throat> affected me and really was just taught me how to be like, okay, my, if my mother could do it with... Her forty grand, fifty grand salary a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I could do it with this, and I could do it on a bigger scale. So let me make sure I'm on top of it. So my mom's was her checks and balance game was top notch. That's so ill. I had a, um, you know, we recently had Kevin Hart, which by the way, if he's listening, hope he's doing well and healthy and all that good stuff. Exactly. Which Get well, Kevin. Yeah, for sure. Um, we were talking about what it's like on the shop. We were talking about what it's like growing up without. Mm-hmm. Making it all right, using air quotes, making it, um, coming into money, but wanting to give your kids that sensibility of like money and all of this. And I know you know you have Kennedy, right? Um, this is the year too for it, her. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's like because it's starting to get shaky. Yeah, and, and Kevin made a comment. He said he took his kids to like Philly back where he was from. I was like, look, I lived here. Like I didn't always have this stuff, you know, whatever. 
And he said, we asked him if his kids got it. He's like, no. He's like, his daughter was like, we had a Benz when I got here. I don't know how I got here. Like, this is cool. Yeah, like, I just assumed. This is the shack you were in? Yeah, cool. I don't know what you had to do to get the Benz, but when I got here, we had a Benz. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> exactly. What's that like for you? Like, as parents, we want to give our kids everything we didn't have, but it's also like teaching them a little bit like the value of a dollar. Like, hey, how hard you till this day work to 100%. be able to keep a roof over our head and all those types of things. 100%. And this is the year for me. I just started seeing it this year where Kennedy doesn't really, and, and nothing wrong. No, she's know, a kid. No fault yeah, of her. She's a child. She's seven of years course. old. But she's doesn't understand like the value and how we work for this. Like, <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Like, we, we got to school this year. And it's something happened before that, but something that sticks out was the first day of school. And her mother had gotten her a book bag that had her name on it, and it was custom. You know, she got her the book bag and then put the name on it afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I guess when she got the name custom made, custom put on her book bag, there was a receipt that left that was left on the countertop. Got it. And I guess whatever, wherever she took it, it was like two hundred bucks gotcha. to get her name on the back of her book bag. Mm -hmm. So I guess Kennedy went home, saw that. Whatever. I didn't think she even processed it. You know, we I bring her to school that first day of school and she walks in and she's like, Look at my book bag, guys. It costs two hundred dollars. Ah! <laughs> and I was like, Kennedy, come here. <laughs> oh come no. Here. Come here. We don't we don't gloat oh, about no. you know, I had to have that talk. Of course. And I was like, you know, this is the year where we go to where we go to <clears throat> to shelters and we go to homes during mm -hmm. the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I show her people and and more importantly, show her kids her age mm -hmm. that don't have it like she has it, of that course. don't live in a home, that live in a shelter, or yeah. live in an impoverished area. And I want to show and give back, and I want to be able to deliver food and do, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, but have her with me so she can see the difference yeah. in where she is and where these kids yeah, are. Because to her point, she's like, we live in the town we live in, we have the home we have, and that's all I know. Why would I it. think it's anything different? It. And she's done things like... <laughs> In the same year, she's done things like go by people's houses, and she's like, "This is this is your house? It's a little small." And I'm like, "Kennedy, come, come hey, here." Come so, here. so you know Chelsea, who works on my team. Chelsea, course, if you're listening, yeah. shout out to you. She was telling me that her daughter Z, who definitely isn't listening, but shout out to Z, <laughs> um, when they were leaving like their um, place in the city, mm -hmm. and they were going to the Hamptons for the weekend, that her daughter Z was telling the doorman, "We're going to the big house." Like we're going to our big house, like Yikes. you peasants, like we're makes good. You cringe as a parent, yo. Chelsea's like, oh god, no, like no, like we're not, we're not those types of parents <laughs> all, or people or whatever. But kids have no context at all of anything. I remember Bron told me one time years ago. Bronny was still like, I mean, he's still a kid, but hard to tell from his highlights as of late, right? Which is a whole different conversation. Grown show. Man out there, but I, I think it was like four years ago. He had like an AAU game or something, and I, I want to say he asked Bron, like, "Are we flying private?" And Bron, like, not lost his shit, but was, like, the same thing we're talking about. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, just to be clear, me and your mom are rich. You're not rich. <laughs> you don't have anything. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So if you're flying private because your mom or I choose to, mm -hmm. like, you don't have anything. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so 100%. I think it's a thing for all of us of, like, of course our goal is, like, provide and do as much as we can for everyone, but also, like, not forgetting where we came from exactly. and what we did without. And, and it's not so. easy because you want to because you want to show them obviously you want to give them the best life, right? Like but you don't want them to actually live how you how of you Of course, lived. of course. But you still want him you still want your child to have that respect for what how you came up and not just treat, you know, what their circumstances now as too much of a luxury and understand that it came from a place of grind and work and work ethic that got us where we and are. And that's my big thing. It's like, no, 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 like, dad gets up and goes to work. Mm -hmm. Whether that's, you know, catching touchdowns against the Cowboys yeah. or whether that's going and teaching out of school or that's jumping on the back of a sanitation truck. Like, yeah. your parents get up and work. Exactly. And it's just a thing I think we all struggle with. it, And it's all relative, whether you're Victor Cruz or LeBron James or whether you're a person that makes $48,000 a year, it's like, what's that balance? Exactly. So it's 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 super interesting for me. Um, before we next? Because this, this 42 is settling in starting nicely. Bite. Right starting <laughs> it's actually smooth. Bite. It's smooth. By the way, the Cuba ice was a lot larger <laughs> a few minutes ago. So before we get out of here, mm -hmm. we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, and I've never done this on the show, um, so it's fitting that you're first. I'm going to say a name. 
and I want you to give me your thoughts. A little rapid fire? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, it doesn't have to be like one word answer, just your just thoughts. My, okay. 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 Have to start with Antonio Brown. Oh, man. I think Antonio, I'm getting right to it. I think Antonio Brown has a distorted perception of reality. Oh, we're really doing this. We're really doing this. Okay. Because it's really, I've, I've been, obviously I've been watching, I've been talking about all of this. I think he has a distorted perception of reality. And I think he's only choosing to pluck out the things that are negative against him instead of plugging out the things that he has placed with on himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think the things that have transpired and how his emotions, to- like his emotion towards getting let go from the Oakland Raiders was beside me. And there's a saying in football, right? There's a saying that you can do as much as you want to do. You can be yourself, be a personality, be against the rules, be your own guy. All of that's great. And and from what I hear, as a teammate, AB's been great. People love him as a teammate. But there's always a thing where they, when they start yanking at your money, especially in the NFL, that's when you're like, okay, you know what? Let me take a step back. Yeah, let me fall back a little bit. Yeah. And he didn't do that. He doubled down. He doubled down. And now, okay, I get it, AB. You got thirty grand. You got thirty mil, thirty mil in the bank. You've been uber successful in the things that you've done. Amazing. No one's taking that away from you. But you just left thirty million on a table that was guaranteed to you the Monday after being signed onto yeah. the team. Literally, just show up to work. Literally, just show up to work yep. and be happy to be there, and you get thirty million dollars. That didn't happen. You get traded to the New England, or you get picked up, rather, because yep. the Oakland Raiders let you go. You get picked up by the New England Patriots. An ideal situation, but contractually, you're only getting $10 million this year, and the $20 million is contingent upon you being a good soldier mm-hmm. and getting that next year. Okay? Now, you squandered that. So now you went from getting $30 million to just getting the hundred and something thousand that you played for in that one game. That's crazy. That's the part that's just beside me. I don't understand how you even justify that. How do you justify that? Let me ask you this, Vic. I don't think we've ever seen this. Where? uh, So let me back up. Is he a top five wide receiver today in the league? Skill set. That's all we're talking, skill set. Absolutely. He's a top five wide receiver. It's not debatable, right? He may not play another game of football. He may not play again ever. How sad is that? And the, be- the not the best part, but the, the the only person he has to blame is himself. And I know he's going on social media and doing all these things and posting things that obviously are kind of suited to him or the Raiders fans yelling, you know, F-A-B yeah. or things like that. Like he's skewing it. He's trying to tell his version he's of the story. He's trying to tell yeah. his version right. of it. <clears throat> right. But the nuts and bolts of it, the, the, the hard edge facts are that Long story short, you left $30 million on the table because in your own brain, you felt like you were larger than the game mm. at the end of the day. Mm. And that doesn't sit well. The last question I'll ask you, him, do you okay. think he plays another football game in the NFL? Um, I do not think he plays wow. another football game. Wow. I think when you, when you lose your tenure with the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and they let you go, um, I, now I do think there, there'll be teams that may take a shot but I don't think I, I still think he's gonna find a way. If you're a betting man, you think he will Antonio Brown will not play another football I think game. He will not play another wow. football game. That would be sad if that's how it's it ends for him. Because he's still got at least five, six, seven wow. more good years left left ahead of him. He's what, thirties? Wow. Early thirties. I mean, for you to say he's a top five wide out and and his stature, ends. you know, he's not like six five mm-hmm. where you know that skill set starts Randy to Moss. diminish. Right, right. He's compact, he's shorter. Yep. He can still – that quickness doesn't yep. really leave. And even if it, it regresses a little bit, he's still quicker than most. So, yep. like, he can still play another couple years. So, it, it, it's a sad story. We'll see how it plays out, but it's it's a sad story. Okay. Uh, transitioning to um, injuries aside, uh, the next name, Saquon Barkley. Mm. Um, in my opinion, the best running back in football. Wow. Not the best young running back, the best running back. The best running back in football, holistically, too. The way he leads the team, the way he goes out there and brings his lunch pail every single day, the way he is in practice because he brings guys together in practice. I've watched that. And his mannerisms towards the media. He's not bashing anyone. He's not bringing anybody down. He's, He's a true giant. He's the kind of Giants player that the organization loves and will wrap their arms around for years and years to come 
because of his temperament, because of his humility, because of what he brings to the game. And oh, by the way, he's a stud on the football <laughs> field. Like all of that I just said had nothing to do with anything yeah, on the football field. His actual skill set, right? But his actual skill set is the only closest person that we've seen with his skill set is Barry Sanders. Wow. And I think he's a. This is even scary for me to say. I think he's more agile and more athletic and and just able to do different things than Barry even did because of how he plays the game, wow. which is insane. Odell Beckham. Oh, man. Odell Beckham Jr. First of all, my brother. Like, I spoke to him before the Jets game, like my brother. Secondly, I think he's on a path to transcend the game. Mm. And I think he almost, he almost does it to a fault. And I think we're – the next generation of receivers after him are going to pick up that baton and it's going to be okay and we're going to love it, the watches, the things that happen on the field, the manner. We're going to love it later, but right now he is transcend. He's the one that's changing that narrative. Yeah, there's been guys before. We got the Randy Mosses. We got the Keyshawn Johnsons. We've had those guys, but we haven't had this. Not quite this because it's – because back then there weren't a lot of layers to it, right? There wasn't there wasn't a fashion layer to football when Randy Moss was playing, Keyshawn Johnson was playing. There wasn't there wasn't a lifestyle component. There wasn't a signature Nike sneaker component that you know sells commercially that has commercials and spots. There wasn't quite that yet. Everything was mainly skewed on field. Mm -hmm. Now that there's a lifestyle component to all of this that Odell Beckham is at the forefront of. He's single-handedly changing the narrative of how you view the prominent receiver in the NFL. And I think we'll respect that more when the next generation comes. But we're going to go through the gripes with Odell as he, you know, as he elevates throughout the years in his career. Wow, I've never really talked about that like that before. But that was, uh, I was pretty spot on, to be honest. <laughs> um, two more. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. First of all, put some respect. I don't know if y'all saw my idea. I did. Put some respect on my boy's I name. I did. Because, and I mainly posted that because all the talk, obviously when he got drafted, even through the preseason, you know, and all of that stuff was like, dudes weren't buying in. And I knew immediately when they drafted him why they drafted him, because I know the Giants. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, you're saying dudes weren't buying in. I'm dudes. No, no, no. I, and, and I was like, who? I what? He looks it. like Eli. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. Who? Duke? What? <laughs> Duke? Like, like Duke. Drake? <laughs> <laughs> like, do they even play football? <laughs> what? So, um, but yeah, I, and, and I knew. That's the thing I knew. I knew that he came from the same coach that Eli and Peyton Manning had. I knew that he came from the same offense that Eli and Peyton played in. Mm. I knew that he was out there playing with lawyers and criminal defense attorneys <laughs> <laughs> in college. Like, I knew that. And when you watch the film of him in college, first of all, he had 186 rushing yards against North Carolina in college. Wow, I didn't know that. At the quarterback position. He had... Which he's an athlete, right? People, like, mistake, like, he's no. an athlete. And not only that, Pete, you hand him a basketball and put him on the, on the court... He'll dunk on you too. Well, let's not Quiet. Get, let's not, not you. Not you per se. Because you would probably bridge yeah, him because I know you're from the lower yeah, east side. Yeah, let's keep it in perspective. You'd bridge him and then he'd have you a dunk on me. Nose, I see you in the parking lot. And then he's very not going to play basketball very, or football ever again. Very simple. But I say <laughs> that to say he's an athlete. Like he's multiple sport. He's good at multiple sports. Mm -hmm. He has athleticism. More, obviously more athleticism than Eli had. Eli is great in other regards, but definitely more athletic than Eli. And I think that's an intangible that the Giants haven't had at their premier quarterback spot maybe ever. Mm. I'm trying to think back to other – I mean, I've had – I mean, Eli's been there for 20 years. It's like Eli, Phil. Like, yeah, it's never been – And those guys never yeah, been yeah, yeah, super athletic. Right. Those were true pocket guys. Yep, yep. And I think Daniel Jones has an ability to – you know, take that position to the next level with his athleticism. And he's still, I mean, his name, I mean, they're already calling him Danny Dimes for a reason. Danny Dimes? Danny Dimes. You got to be able to ball. That's a fire <laughs> name. Hey, you got to be able to ball with a name like Danny Dimes. But what I love about him is his temperament. Like, he's not shaking. And again, that goes back to the Eli cloth that he's cut from, the <clears throat> the coach Cutcliffe cloth, which is the head coach of the, uh, of the Duke Blue Devils football team. He's cut from that same cloth, mm -hmm. so nothing's gonna rattle him. Mm -hmm. He could like he even in Tampa Bay he had two turnovers, two fumbles, mm -hmm. 
didn't rattle, came back out there like, we still got a shot to win this. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And went out there and did it. And that's that's what Giants fans love. And that's what the front office is like. I know they're out there like, what now? Like, we got our guy. Mm-hmm. Now, will they be competitive the rest of this year? Who knows? Especially with Saquon being out 4-8 to eight now. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but I know that the Giants fan base and the Giants front office is happy because they're up top feeling like they found their guy. They found their guy. Exactly. It's only fitting the last name in this before we get out of here mm-hmm. is uh, Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Um, uh, uh, just a, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I think he's a guy that, behind closed doors, cares more about other players. For example, when the Giants let me go, and I went into the office, came out, spoke to the front office, and they let me go, and I'm on my way home. The first phone call I got was from Eli Manning. I didn't know that. First phone call I got was Eli Manning, and he says, um, he goes, thank you for everything you've done for this team and for me and for my career and and the time that you spent here. You've done things for my career that are above and beyond. So thank you for your contribution. Good luck to you in the future and everything that you choose to do. I know you're a smart guy. I know you're going to figure it out. And if you want to continue to play football, amazing. You're going to continue to be a great football player as well. But I know that when football's over, you're going to be a, you're you're in good hands. You understand the lay of the land, how this all works. And for me to just get that phone call from him, and you know, it meant the world to me because he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to care. He doesn't. You know, but he understands that there's guys that he went through the, 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 the trenches with, and he respects that. He respects those guys that he's battled with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you see him get benched and you see guys like Sean O'Hara upset and saying things on NFL Network and their respective programs in defense of Eli Manning, it's because they – and David Deal on Twitter. It's because they love him. It's because they – They've blocked for him for years, and they've gotten to know him. They're best friends now because of the way Eli Manning is and the way he's handled himself throughout all these years. So I say all of that to say he's a Hall of Famer, one of the best teammates I've ever had from from the serious moments to the moments where he's playing practical jokes on the rookies to him standing up in front of us when we were getting ready to go to the Super Bowl and we're kind of antsy and everybody's kind of loud and talking over Tom Coughlin, and he kind of stands up and says, I know y'all ready and y'all, everybody's excited about the parties and the things that go on at the Super Bowl, but I trust and believe that when we win this Super Bowl, you'll have the best party of your life. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, ah, and went crazy <laughs> because we never heard him speak like that, mm-hmm. you know, especially addressing us specifically. And, um, and yeah, man, I just think he's one of the best to ever do it, and I'm just fortunate to even share a locker room, share a field, share a Super Bowl ring and trophy with that guy. Hopefully, uh, what is there a Giants like Ring of Honor like or something? What's there the is. version of it? There like, is called the Ring of Honor. I'm a smart guy. <laughs> that wasn't coincidence. You, know? you went to MetLife and looked up a couple of times. <laughs> now you're a smart guy. So I'm sure you guys will both be up there uh, when the time is right. Yeah. So about to get out of here. Um, really excited to have you on the show on on like this level where it's like post football. You know, when I remember I'm drunk, when drunk. That's what you're saying. Eh, Nice. I like to go with nice. I know your, your guidance counselor is going to love this oh, one. Oh, she's, she's tired. Gonna, I cursed, yeah. too. Well, did you curse? This I didn't think su- you cursed. Yeah, I cursed a couple times. It's oh, a Sutton. I'm sorry. It's Vic and the 1942. Don't hold me mm-hmm. up. <laughs> um, I'm excited, aside from like you being my brother and our relationship and us being family, mm-hmm. I'm excited in that. And this is a conversation you and I had like when you decided to you know, retire. It was like... I truly believe when it's all said and done, your football career, as decorated as it's been, um, which is, you know, you can put your career aside, anyone's career, um, will be kind of like a little bit of a blip. I think you have so much more career beyond your football career, right? Whether it's what you're doing now or in the future. So I'm excited to have you on the show now, which is like your second act. Mm -hmm. But I still feel, and we've talked about this off the air, like it's not your last act. So we'll have you back on the show whether it's when I'm a lead actor, in yeah. A film listen, I'm with it. I'm with I've been it. Taking man. acting classes. Listen, that's have something you? We'll talk about that. Have you? That's a. This is a whole. I have though. I have been taking acting classes. Um, I've taken <clears throat> what two classes now. Give I me a big time role. Give me like. Are you like a Bond? Are you like the Joker? Are you like? If anybody's seen my social media, I want to be James Bond. Oh, talk that shit. I want to be the first black James Bond. Well, there is a black James Bond that's coming up soon, but she's a female. 
the the next James Bond is a female. They're skewing it okay. to females, which is dope in my opinion, yep. and I think they're gonna crush it. Um, but she is an African American female. Okay, that will be the next. I think there's double oh six or they're doing like okay a, they're doing a, a spin, spin off or something. a little okay. spin on it okay which is dope um maybe but, you could be the first like hispanic bond ooh. like jaime bond you know what I'm, I'm by the way that'd be fire it only air on telemundo but still hey, it's still hey, it's still good it'd be good. like cero cero siete jaime bond, <laughs> bond. I'm done, man. My brother, it's good to see you. Good to have you on the show. My brother, love, brother. Peace. <laughs>